Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. semi-retiring versus uh, full retirement when you actually get to that stage in your working life. So, welcome Dallas. Thanks Michael. Yeah, we want to talk about this one because it's it's something that we're seeing more and more of now. Um, with all of our clients, one of the key things that we talk about is you know, what are their retirement goals? And most people kind of think of that as a as a date that they have in mind and it's it's very much viewed as we'll work full time up until we reach 60 or 62 or whatever figure they may have in mind and then they'll fully retire at that point in time. Um, what we actually see more and more of as, as our clients are, are reaching those figures is that there tends to be uh, more of a drift towards people cutting back on work hours, cutting back on responsibilities and actually semi-retiring for a period of time before they actually transition to, to full retirement. So that was kind of why we just wanted to, to talk about that today and about some of the, the advantages and disadvantages or the, the pros and cons of sort of semi-retirement versus retirement. But it's, just, it's definitely something that we're seeing more and more and I don't know about you, Michael, but I'm seeing it a lot with, with people who talk about they're wanting to retire earlier than the standard standard couple so if they're saying you know we want to fully retire at 55 um, it tends to be the case that there's some work that goes on after that would you say that's that's true for, for your clients as well I have a theory <laughs> here we go of course, of course you've got a theory we yeah. love a good theory <laughs> at Lighthouse Financial Advisors so my theory is so you see we all talk about Generation Y and how they they um, mean aspects they um, get blamed for being lazy and all those types of things but one of the things that comes through with, with Generation Y is... You're talking about Gen Y or Millennials? Uh, sorry, Millennials. I am a Millennial, I've copped all the heat about this so I'm pretty sure you're talking about <laughs> my, my, my for Millennials. <laughs> <laughs> what is, is Generation X and Generation Y? Are they Millennials? Is yeah, it, Isn't so. Generation Y and Millennials the same thing? I don't think there is a Gen Y anymore. There is no Gen Y? No, I think they, they got squeezed out into the other two. This is interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's a good frame. Um, <laughs> millennials. So they get a bad rap for um, not wanting, amongst other things, um, not working perceivably as hard as they, as, as generations before them, um, for chopping and changing their careers and things like that. So, I mean, one of the themes that comes through with millennials is that they, want to really push to be in a role that they're happy with and that they're passionate about. And money and home ownership and all those sorts of things become a secondary, a secondary notion. So it's really about job satisfaction. I see that pushing up into, yeah. into at least one, if not two generations above them. So I mean, it's, yeah. it's common now, just in the last few years, to see um, some of our clients and, and you know, hear stories that are approaching retirement and um, 
they're actually changing roles or they're, they're moving into something that they're more passionate about. Um, I have uh, one lady who's a client uh, who works for a utilities company. She's, she's in the process of leaving that high paying job and moving to a job that's going to pay her a lot less, but it's a role um, in counselling that she's become really passionate about. And, and she's potentially going to do that for you know, a lot longer. So she can push into her into her normal retirement yeah. um, use. So, I, th I, th yeah, I think uh, it's, it's something that, like you were saying there, is that it pushes up in those generations, into those later generations, and I think that's also uh, one that you start to see people in their 50s have normally, uh, normally paid, you know, getting towards paying off a house, they've raised their kids. So you, I tend to hear a lot of uh, people talking about, you know, they've, they've done all the things for everyone else up until this point in their life, and they're now wanting to wanting to focus more on what they actually want and what's important to them rather than just, you know, being a good provider and taking care of everyone else. So that's, I think, that also, I think, is, is probably has a fair bit to do with why we're seeing that pushing up in that generation is that they are just now at the point where they can can potentially afford to make some of those changes where previously they couldn't. So. Yeah, that's a good point. So um, I have another theory as well. <laughs> of course. My other theory is that, that when someone accumulates roughly two-thirds of where they need to be for their their retirement savings. Um, so they're two-thirds of the way there, or two-thirds of the balance there. They start to think about these things a yeah. lot more. Yeah. And um, admittedly, it's only my theory, but it's just, just, it's just a pattern that I've seen in that. So yeah. as my clients get to two-thirds along the way yeah. of, of what we need to accumulate for them to fully retire, they start thinking about these things. They start questioning their job satisfaction yeah. now. Um, and they start to look at, at um, other roles that would not necessarily pay them as much straight away, but, the, but they are much more passionate about and prepared to work beyond age 65. So, Dallas, you have some, some advantages to that yeah. um, that I'll throw to you and you can talk to. Yeah, and, and a lot of these different, um, different uh, advantages or positives in, in looking at semi-retirement and tying to some of the things that we've spoken about. So um, you, you touched on the main point there about um, having to have you know, clients being two-thirds of the way towards uh, where they need to be in terms of retirement savings. So one of the main advantages of a, of a semi-retirement model is that you just need much less in retirement savings at a given point in time. So. You know, obviously, if, if you've got um, two couples and they're both planning on retiring from their current roles at age 60, if, if uh, you know, one of those couples is, they're both planning on earning twenty dollars or $30,000 a year in part-time work in that first five years of retirement, they need to have substantially less. So uh, the, there's a, obviously a couple of reasons for that. They, they need to draw much less money in that first five years, but they also have that additional five years to allow their, their retirement savings to continue to grow before they actually have to start drawing that out. Uh, whereas the, the couple who go, we want to retire at 60, um, fully retired, don't ever want to have to work again, they need to do all of the work before they get to 60. So they need to be at a point in time where their retirement savings can fully fund their income needs for, you know, an, uh, a you know, thirty-year time frame is sort of what we work on there. So that's that's I guess one of the the key advantages there. And like you like you touch on is that if 
if you've if you're two thirds of the way to your target for retirement and you start to go, okay, well, I don't really know if I want to keep doing what I'm doing for another three to five years. That's sort of the time when people tend to go, okay, well, if I could if I could move across into this other role um, that I'm passionate about or I think I'll enjoy more or that is more meaningful to me, they're happy to work for seven, eight, ten years rather than five years uh, because it's going to put them in the same position at at uh, that later date. So that's kind of the, the main the, the main advantage that we see is that you can just afford to have a lot less in retirement savings at an earlier stage. So that also flows back through uh, when you're looking at that with you know couples between 55 and 60. If if they're not planning on drawing from their retirement savings until 65, they can generally afford to go on more of those holidays and do things like that because they're not having to just drive everything into their super fund and focus purely on growing that. So that's probably the, the there's sort of um, the main one. The as a part of that as well, what uh, I guess a secondary component is that is that you, you get to pay less tax, which is normally a pretty exciting thing for most people who have been paying tax for, for 40 years already. So obviously if, if you're earning $20,000 a year for five years, um, you're going to pay basically no tax on that, on that income over that five years. And if you compare that to earning $100,000 in one year with the way a progressive tax system works, if you'd earn that hundred thousand in one year, you're going to pay about twenty five thousand dollars of that in tax. So, as I say, particularly for a couple, if you can both earn twenty thousand dollars, you've you've replaced you know forty thousand dollars of your income combined without having to pay a dollar in tax. So, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, tax minimisation is obviously a big part of what we do, and um, coming up with a tax plan where we talk to people about their options um, obviously makes a big difference if they're working and they can both earn a certain amount of income and spread that across two tax brackets and pay no tax, uh, it really takes the pressure off what they need to, yeah. to um, even if they need to partially draw some money from their retirement savings as they enter you know, partial retirement or semi-retirement, then um, their, their, their retirement savings still, with the right investment strategy, compounds out and, and, and makes a lot of money. I mean, if you look at the you know, if you're at age 60 and together you have circa, let's say $1 million in your retirement savings, then um, even earning $20,000 a year in, in tax-free income, if you're working uh, and, and sort of semi-retiring, um, your retirement savings, your superannuation fund, uh, collectively will earn, with the right investment strategy, somewhere between 60 to, let's say, $80,000 per year in investment returns, um, which is a lot of money, of course, like that, that, that still compounds out to quite a lot, even though not yeah. as much as going in uh, to the fund at that stage. Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly right. And that's sort of, like we said, it, it's a, um, it tends to be a bit more of a grey area where you're not, you're not living fully on the returns that you've got on your retirement savings and you're not living fully on your, your income that you're earning from work. It's normally a, a combination of the two. So you can replace a bit of your income through work, replace a bit of your income with drawing a small amount out of your retirement savings and have that still continue to grow, which is, which is what you're saying there, Michael. Um, so the, the second point um, that, I, that I've sort of noticed, which is a, an advantage of, of the semi-retirement model, is that 
it's a much easier way to, to stay relevant in the, in the job market. So for a lot of people, you know, we, we can come up with a, a great sort of strategy or plan over 10 years, but there are a lot of moving parts and things that people just don't know what's going to happen in the future. So uh, it can be hard to say, well, this is how much income you will need every year for the next 10 years. So in a, in a lot of cases, people's big concern of, of you know, retiring is that, well, if they retire and something changes and they need to go back to work or they realise that they can't actually live on the retirement income that they thought they could, it's normally not as easy to just jump straight back in into the workforce, uh, particularly as, as people get older. It's normally harder to go straight back in if you've been out of work for, for a year or two. So that's kind of where... Uh, another advantage is that keeping, a, I guess, keeping a bit of an eye on the fire, or, or, or keeping on top of what's changing in the industry that you're working in, just by working part time, is that it's always going to make you much more employable. If you do decide to to turn around and go back to full time work, it's easier to step up from say two days a week to five days a week than to go from not working or not having any of those industry connections or not being uh, on top of the latest changes in your industry. So. That can be a um, another another big advantage there. Yes, yeah, certainly, um, it's a good point. So you are staying relevant in the job market. Um, the other thing, the other thing that I've been seeing, and it's a it's a shift worldwide, of course, is that um, employers uh, are more happy to have people work in um, uh, not exactly on their terms, but. But, but certainly in a more flexible, capacity, yeah. more flexible employment yeah. arrangements, which are great. Yeah. Um, uh, if you are a specialist in your field, which which a lot of our clients are, um, the notion of actually having to show up every week is, is not always required as well, say, yeah. as some of our clients have had success working for their employers on a contract basis, and they'll might work full time for three months, yeah. and then I'll take you know, three months off to yeah. go travelling. Yeah. Uh, they'll come back and work three, uh, yeah, full time again for three months. So they do project based work. Yeah. And certainly the um, the gig economy with the worldwide push as well, yeah. uh, where where um, you can uh, pick up and put down your job. So if you're an Uber driver, for example, you can pick that up and put that down at yeah. any point in time. Yeah. Um, we even have clients. I have one lady who's a client uh, who is a dental hygienist and, and um, she's just left uh, her job with Queensland Health and has moved to her own practice and it's a it's a related, not exactly what she did for Queensland Health, but it's a related field. Um, uh, she's really, really passionate about what she's doing there. She At the moment she's working one day a week, but the idea is to, to increase that to two, uh, to possibly three days per week in the future um, to work uh, beyond 65 because she's really, really passionate yeah. about that. And, um, and, and you know, we've discussed uh, the travel in the future in yeah. terms of being able to... to go and um, work somewhere for a period of time. Yeah, go and work So, so, yeah. so um, technology will actually help yeah. her role quite a lot where uh, she'll be able to... She has a daughter that lives in the United States. Um, and he's married over there with, with uh, 
uh, some children. So she'll be able to go to the States. Yep. Um, she'll be able to talk to her clients back here via Skype and yep. manage that period of time that she's away for two or three weeks. So yep. flexibility is a really, really key theme here and it's a yep. fantastic thing to see. Yep. Um, and we also, I mean, you've seen this before as well with, with clients that have, um, you, we've told them that they're in a position where they can retire. Yep. They've handed in resignation notice and their boss has said, oh, I didn't see this coming at all. We really, really want you. And, and yeah. what can we do to yeah. make your role easier? We want to keep you. So yeah. they've been able to actually. Sorry they didn't hand their notice in 10 years before. Yeah. Because the, um, their employers have actually adjusted been, their um, role. And, adjust yeah. their role and take away some of the, the stuff that they didn't really yeah. like so much. And um, the reported levels of job satisfaction coming back yeah. um, are much higher when yeah. we've been able to tell people that they financially have enough to retire. Yeah. Um, oftentimes they continue to work because they know that they can yeah. can yeah, resign at a moment's notice. They're, they're yeah. financially ready to retire. So yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's, it's really great. That's, I guess, that, that ties into the, the next point or the next advantage there is, that is like you were saying, that... For a lot of people, it takes time to adjust to the idea that, that they are able to retire. So, uh, like we say, working full-time and then reaching a point in time and then stopping and, and um, not working at all can be a, a massive shock for a lot of people. So, especially when, like we say, you, you many of our clients are experts in their field and they are you know, work very well respected and um, get a lot of meaning out of their work. And for that all to come to a, to a, a halt, suddenly can be a bit of a, can be hard emotionally for a lot of people. So that's where um, that semi-retirement or, you know, making those changes and, and as you just said, Michael, for many people it's just about going back to their employer and saying, okay, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this role five days a week. These two days are actually where I think I'm most valuable and where I, what I enjoy the most. So their employer's happy to shift the other three days of work across to someone else who, who wants that role. Uh, and just keep them on doing the work that they're most passionate and most uh, most happy to do, and the employer is happy because they are they're still able to use their their expertise. So that's another one that 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 I see a lot of is that it does tend to take um, time, not just to adjust to the idea of the of, of retirement or stepping back, but but practically from how do people fill their time? You know, we see that all the time when when you're, you're talking to someone about you know. What are you going to do when you're retired? And they'll say, oh, "I'm going to go fishing." Yeah, okay. Well, you, you might go. You'll go fishing every day for a week, and then you'll be sick of it and sunburnt and hungover. And you, what are you going to do sort of next week? So that can be a, a, another good one. Is that if you go from working five days a week to two or three days a week, you've then got time to to build some other some other interests and some other other hobbies, for example, while still going having some structure around those those work days. <clears throat> it's a very good point. The um, through health uh, improvements in medical technology, we're we're living a lot longer in retirement, and, um, and we're living healthier lives as well. So, so it, it is. I mean, coupling that with with people that are actually moving from a a role that they don't necessarily like, and it may be even a high paying role, mm. and then moving into something. A lot more passionate about, yeah. and in many respects, they're taking yeah. 
because they're reducing their hours as well, taking a big pay cut. But yeah. they're really, really passionate about it. Yeah. And and you know, this is coming late in their life at, at age sixty or, or yeah. You know, um, so they they're really happy to continue to do that. Yeah. That new passionate role. Yeah. You know, well beyond sixty five. Yeah. It takes a lot of pressure off their yeah. retirement savings and superannuation balance, of course. Yeah. And that's uh, the the sort of the last advantage I wanted to talk about today was the, um, for many people, the big fear uh, is that, you know, I'll, I'll work to a certain age, I'll retire, and then there'll be a, a bear market or a, a period of, of poor investment returns. And so, you know, you hear this a lot with people that they know someone who retired just before the global financial crisis and had to go back to work a year later and found it hard to find uh, the right role, all that kind of thing. So... It ties a bit into what you were saying there, Michael, around <clears throat> for, for people that can, can push into a, a role that they're happy to do forever and a day, generally it, it takes, a lot less, takes a lot of pressure off what the investment returns are on their, their retirement savings and their super balance. So if, if investment returns are, are poor in those kind of early years of their semi-retirement, well, they'll just say, okay, well, I'll just keep working part-time until I reach the point where... Uh, my retirement have have grown to allow me to fully retire. So it takes some of that, that what we call sequencing risk off the table. So if in your early years of retirement you have um, lower than lower than expected returns, if you're already replacing, you know, as we said before, if you're already earning $40,000 of, of your income needs from work, there's really only a small amount generally that's being topped up from that. So it might be a matter, a case of going, okay, well, I'll work part-time until age 65, and then if your retirement savings aren't where they need to be, most people are happy to continue working in that role for the extra couple of years. Whereas uh, for someone who's, who's working on the full retirement model, they basically, they, they may not be enjoying their work, and so they'll reach the point where they thought they were going to be able to retire investment markets are down and they find they have to work for longer and it's normally a bit of a kick in the guts for those people because they were really hanging out for that moment in time when they could, could fully stop. So that's sort of the last advantage. It takes away a bit of that risk of what our investment returns likely to be in the last years of work and, and in those early years of, of retirement for a lot of people. Yes, certainly. And also you have some disadvantages that we need to discuss as well. So. Yeah, and that's, that's I guess, the, the next part of it is that it, it all sounds like all beer and skittles at the moment, but it's, it's not quite as easy as that. Uh, so, like anything in life, uh, each, of the, each of these advantages uh, tend to come with, with a disadvantage in some ways. So, the, the first thing is that um, for most people in your, like I say, for, for an expert in your field or a specialist in your field, you spent 30, 40 years building knowledge and, and building your expertise. So for most people, your 50s and 60s are really your peak earning capacity. So if you're you know, putting the, the tax side of it apart, if, if you're currently earning a relatively high income on a per hour basis, it can be hard to find, find part-time work that allows you to earn that same amount. So like we just said this isn't a matter of saying everyone should do this because I, I have other clients that sort of have looked at this and gone well if I'm earning a big income now rather than rather than saying I'll retire earlier and, and have to try and find part-time work for five or ten years they just go well 
I'll work in my current role for another year, earn earn a lot of money in that year, and and put that aside, and not have to stress about will I be able to to do that. So that's I guess the the key trade off there is that uh, if you can have the best of both worlds, if you can move into a role or into a part time job that uh, allows you to earn a similar income as as what you're on on a per hour basis now, then that's great. But for a lot of people, uh, that may not be the case. As we say, that it is it is getting more common, but it's still there still are a lot of roles that you're only able to earn those those bigger incomes if you are there full time and, and really putting in the hours. Um, the the second part of that is that. Like we said, depending on an occupier, even if you are completely flexible about what you do and, and you're not that fussed about um, what what work you are doing part-time, and, and Bunnings is the one we hear all the time. Every, everyone who wants to semi-retire wants to go and work at Bunnings. They're going to they're gonna have a line-up out the door of, 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 uh, of people in their 60s who are, who are working there part-time. You've got one. He might yeah. be able to help all their other clients get a, get a foot in the door yeah. there, <laughs> get that job. Yeah, he, he, um, yeah, it was made redundant and... and moved to Bunnings and, and loves it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and that's like, like I say, for, for many people, they, they're not that fast around what that work is. It, it's just one of those things to bear in mind is that it's normally not as easy as just saying, I'll just get a part-time job because there, there may be a, a tougher job market. Um, in some situations, you know, your, your part-time employees are the, are the first ones to go if there's a bit of a downturn. Most people are wanting to keep on their, their young full-time staff and say so if you're just chiming in doing a couple of days a week, you might find that your hours are the first ones to get to get cut in a, in a sort of a part-time role. Um, it, it is one of those things that, um, like we say, if you, have, if you have those marketable skills and you have that expertise in an area, that makes life a lot easier. Um, it sort of it reminds me of my... My, my brother, I think I was telling you about this, Michael, when he, he was working as a, working in, in, as a labourer in construction in different areas and just all over the place when he was in his 20s and he fell off a roof and broke his leg and then when I said to him, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do now? He goes, oh, I might just go and get a job in an office. And he didn't understand that he had no qualifications or, or no real skills to just go and get an office job. It wasn't as easy as just going and picking one up off the shelf. So yeah. it's a matter of being realistic about is it, is it going to be feasible for you to find the, the type of work that you're going to be happy to, to do part-time and happy to do that for an extended period of time. Certainly. Uh, the, the other one is that like we said these it, it may be out of your hands finding that part-time work both in terms of um, like we said the, the economy or whether you can find the right role that's that's the right fit for you it also the other way that, that can be taken out of your hands is by health changes so as you said before Michael most people are living for longer they're living healthier lives for longer but again we're, we're sort of relying on a bit of an average there so for most people they're physically capable of working well into their 60s but it does need to it is something that needs to be taken into account is that not everyone is is going to be able to do that from a health standpoint as well is that there needs to be um, some some fallback plan around that because for most people when you're in that that um, age range it's it's also not a time when you've got you know income protection insurance or anything like that that's able to kick in so it's really about saying well if we're reliant on that income 
what what do we do if we can't get that work due to either the, the role just isn't there or B, if you, your health has changed and you, you're not able to do that um, due to that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. So um, the saying is that we take our health for granted and, and, and most people do. So um, it is a good idea to get ahead of the curve in terms of your retirement planning. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly... Um, building those contingencies yeah. in case you have to, it's in case it is taken out of your hands from from uh, an earlier retirement or a partial retirement or a time without work, even through um, unemployment for a period of time. Yeah. So yeah, certainly certainly planning uh, for that and building those contingencies into the, the overall financial plan is is a prudent thing to do. Yeah. And that, that sort of ties into the, the last, um, I guess, disadvantage um, of, of a semi-retirement type model is that you're, generally people are uh, looking at a, a semi-retirement because they, they don't want to have to put away as much money of their, of their income in their sort of 50s and potentially early 60s. So what that means is that, again, that's fine if, if you can rely on that that part-time income to, to supplement that but if you're you're not putting as much away earlier it generally means there's less time for your investment returns to do the work so this kind of ties into like I was saying with the sequencing risk is that if you're the, the earlier that you that you have that money invested the longer that you have that you know any volatility or anything like that isn't going to affect you as badly because you've got uh, more time for the for to have the good years as well as the bad years so that's kind of the, the flip side of the, the sequencing risk um, issue there is that the, the best way to minimise that sequencing risk is to put that money in 10 years earlier. And yeah, for, for many people, that's not feasible. But it is one to be aware of is that if you're not putting as much money away earlier, generally you're going to have to do more of the work. So your money's not working as hard for you for as long. So you are going to have to, to work for longer. There's a big difference between five years. So um, people often come to us for the first time at age 55, and um, you know we typically have 10 years, or the last 10 years of the working life, to to put together the financial plan. And and um, for most people, for most couples, uh, we can add half a million dollars to their final retirement savings balance. Um, uh, other than they, what they would have had already if they didn't come to see us. So if, if someone comes to see us at 50, though, instead of 55, that extra five years compounds out to yeah. just such a much bigger number yeah. because it's just it's just that extra five years of compounding returns yeah. uh, over the time. And you, and you also have then um, uh, a lot more contingencies built in because you have... There's more levers to to, to, adjust. to, to, to adjust over that period of time. Yeah, so it, it, it all it all does start with planning yeah. as, as early as possible. Yeah, and that's that's probably I guess a, a pretty good place to, to wrap up to some degree is that uh, we we've listed a, a heap of pros and cons and things to think about here, but like a lot of things with your retirement planning, there's no there's no black and white answer as to what you should what you should do what you you could do it's really just a matter of, of having a think about what you might want those those last years of your work life to look like 
and the earlier we can we can start to plan for that, the better. So I've I've already I've got some clients that are, um, yeah, actually in there that have just turned fifty, and and like you were saying, Michael, that this is something they're starting to look at. Is okay. Well, in their in their late fifties and early sixties, they might want to go with a model like this, a semi-retirement. Now, if if they're looking at that at age fifty, we still to some degree have the last ten years of full time work. So they're working full time from fifty to sixty. They've got a lot more scope to take advantage of these things. It, it's not something where we've got to try and uh, jam it all in and make it all work um, with only a couple of years notice. So it's definitely something that is is worth worth thinking about both. Um, you know, in those couple of years before retirement, but particularly five, ten years before, is is, is definitely something that can it can be a, a goal or something for people to work towards. That's a great point. Um, I think it's a great place to wrap up. So certainly, um, uh, yeah, what's important to us for our clients? It's not all just about the numbers. It is important that they um, live a good, balanced life and. and do the things that they want to be able to do. So that includes travel and flexibility and working. So um, yeah, I think it's a great place to wrap up and we'll leave it there. And uh, certainly uh, we'll, we'll talk to you all again soon with our, our next podcast. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.